Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, off the edge, episode 29. We are talking about the AFC West, and we are going to be previewing them. We're going to let you know who's good, who's not good. Sorry for you if you like the teams that aren't good. I I can't really help you there. Uh, And we're going to be talking about a sleeper. We both have our four sleepers from each team in this division. We're really excited to give some guys some recognition that, you know, maybe the the Patrick Mahomes of the world gets, but, you know, maybe other guys don't get, right? So that's what that's for. Uh, but we're excited. I mean, this is a new series. We're going to be previewing all of the divisions. We thought about doing a full-on tour of the entire NFL, and we kind of realized that that's not possible. There's just not enough days, uh, not enough shows to do that until – and I guess that's a good thing, Cam. There's just not yeah. enough shows until the NFL season starts, which yeah. that needs to start was, now. <laughs> no, you're right. I'm excited for the NFL season to kick off, and we'll we'll be previewing the, the teams kind of maybe before the game starts, right? But then – after talking about the result there. But yeah, Jake, I'm excited. I keep talking about, we talked about our top 10 athletes or players from each position. That was a beast. We talked about the draft as well. That was a beast. So now it's a culmination, right? Of the people that we talked about at the draft and our top 10 from each team to then place in these divisions. We talked about the sleepers. I like to say, Jake, too, the glue guys, right? The people that kind of do the dirty work, right? Take out the trash, wipe down the windows. They don't really get the get the love like that, but uh, I'm excited to highlight them as well. Absolutely. Before we get into that, just want to let you guys know that Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, Cam, AFC West standing projections. Um, we're not going to give... No one is going to hold us to win and loss record. I'll put that out on my own time. I'm not going to throw it now because a lot can change, right? But yep. this is kind of the idea, the basis of the hierarchy in the in the AFC West. And I'm going to give my four. You give your four. We'll have an open-ended conversation about it. Uh, starting with four, it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Number three, yeah. the Denver Broncos. Number two, oh. the Los Angeles Chargers. And number one, the reigning defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, Jake, you you flipped it around on me. I didn't realize that you were going to go with that. I, I have the Broncos as number four for me, Jake. <clears throat> and so I'm, I'm going to be curious. I'm curious to hear what you're going to say when we, when we break it down. But um, I, I got the Broncos at four. Um, I got the Raiders at three. Um, I got the Chargers at two. And then the Chiefs at one. I think everybody in the country probably does. But I'm I'm curious <laughs> to hear uh, about your, your Bronco pick there being number three instead of four. Yeah, and and definitely don't look at this as this is a, I guess, an endorsement 
of the Broncos being a team that they're not. I mean, I genuinely don't know how good the Broncos are. I know that they're not good enough to win this division. I know that. Yeah. Uh, if Russell Wilson comes back to his original form cam, this team definitely has a shot to do something. But I'm operating under the idea that Russell Wilson is probably starting to fall off a little bit. He's the most sacked quarterback in the in the league currently. Uh, I mean, he's approaching Brett Favre if he hasn't already bre- you know broken the record for most times sacked. I don't even know what to say to that. Um, I think we kind of saw it his last year in Seattle, and Seattle saw it, and that's why they moved on. And then this past year, you know, everyone wants to kind of throw, and I mean, I get, okay, but everyone wants to throw you-know-who under the bus, you know, and it's like now that, you know, they they get rid of that coach um, whose name is totally escaping me right now. Um, <laughs> it, it's escaping me too. I know he's now the coordinator somewhere else, but, uh, and he actually Jets, coached, me yeah. at, at, coached me at Syracuse and like, yeah, it just escapes, escapes me, but I know they got rid of John Elway too. So who knows kind of what, <laughs> what was going on there? It's just, it's weird because it's like his play didn't really get better when they got rid of him. And so you know, I, I guess for me, I'm looking at Sean Payton and I know everyone's going to give him all the credit in the world, but if Russell Wilson comes back to Russell Wilson, does Sean Payton really deserve any credit? Like maybe it's just Russell Wilson wasn't Russell Wilson and now he's back to his normal self. Why would Sean Payton immediately be the first person to credit when maybe it was just a bad year for Russ and maybe I'm wrong and he's not going down. But what anyway, going back to this original point, it's more the Raiders than the Broncos. I trust Russell Wilson more than I trust Jimmy Garoppolo injured, not injured Aiden O'Connell, who I'm a little excited about. I'm not going to lie. I think Aiden O'Connell has a chance to start and actually be the guy in Vegas. But the problem is he's a rookie and just throwing him into the (laughs) fire like that. I do have an issue with that. But when I look at the Broncos, they go out and they get your guy, Marvin Mims. They have KJ yeah. Hamler. They have Marquez Calloway, who they they grab. He played with Sean Payton with the Saints. And in front of those guys, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, right? And then you look at Greg Dulcich, who I'm very excited about, you know, going into this year. He was a rookie last year, third-round pick in 2022. And then you have Javante Williams. They go out and they sign Samaje Piran, who I think is incredibly underrated. He was so important for the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals last year. And I just think that, you know, right now you have those guys, you have a defense. I, I mean, I really like the look of their defense. I think they, they have some really key pieces. They go out and they get Drew Sanders and Riley Moss, both in the third round, both guys we like. Yeah. I just think that there's too much here and there's not enough with the Raiders to put them in fourth and the Raiders in third. I, I don't mm. think it's the Broncos are a great team. I don't know what the Broncos are, but I feel yeah. confident saying that they are better than the Raiders cam. I, I really do. And I just think at the end of the day, you know, the one thing I really like that the Raiders did is went out and got Jacoby Myers. I think mm-hmm. he could have a really good year, but it all falls on the quarterback. And, yeah. you know, I just <clears throat> don't, like, where are we going with Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? He's never healthy. You have Brian Hoyer. You have Aiden O'Connell and Chase Garbers, okay? I mean, there's just not a guy where, 
Like, you have to have something. I don't feel like they have an elite defense. They have question marks in the secondary. And Uh, it's like, I don't know, Cam. I don't know. Maybe I'm too hard on them. You tell me. Yeah, no, I mean, the the Raiders, I think just the defensive line. We talk about the the line in general, um, you know, (laughs) picking up Tyree Wilson, the way he picked up uh, the commissioner, right, almost broke his spine, right? Like, I think the Raiders defensive line is going to be – is going to be a beast. Uh, I'm curious what they're, what they're going to do with Chandler Jones, Max Crosby. We talked about him. He's in our top five pass rushers. So I think they're going to be dangerous on the defensive front. I think they're going to support some turnovers. And I know too, that last year we talked about the Raiders. They couldn't really stop the run like that. They can run the ball, but they couldn't stop the run. So hopefully with some of these additions, they can get that done. Um, but like I said, I, I got them as, as number three, Jake uh, said, number four, they've got the Broncos at four. Um, and then you talk about Jimmy G. He, Jimmy G's been slapped in the face, right? But not by the 49ers. I know the 49ers had to move on from him, but he, he had a rough go, right? Last year, he had a rough go. He ended up stepping up and, and proving that he's still that guy. I know his foot's hurt, and I know he has some things to work on um, physically, but he has Brian Hoare behind him who's going to keep the train moving. I think not, not like Brian Hoare is going to step in and, you know, throw for five touchdowns a game like that, but – Brian Hoare has been around the block, right? He's been with the Patriots and he's been around great organizations. So I have confidence that Brian Hoare is going to be able to teach Aiden O'Connell, right? How to step up and take that, take the helm if he needs to. So, um, you know, you know, when it comes to Aiden O'Connell, Jake, he's my guy, right? He's my guy, tall guy. I think you might've compared him to uh, the quarterback from the golf. Yeah. Golf. Um, Golf, Cam, he's yes. wearing four. They 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 wasted no time at all, and they gave him Derek Carr's number. I, I don't know how I feel about that, but hey, hey, I mean, hey, he if he's the guy, Jake, I saw the way he plays. Right, you talked about that golf comparison. Golf went number one. Um, I love the way Aiden O'Connell. He's able to disguise a lot of his run to pass options. So I think he's going to fool a lot of people. I know some of the knocks for him is when it comes to pressure. Uh, he doesn't do really well in pressure. Well, one thing I will say in practice, he's going to learn how to get that ball out because he's going to have guys coming for him. And so I think Aiden O'Connell, I think I have a good feeling about him. I got I had a good feeling about him. I think the Raiders are going to be all right. They're going to get through that first first half of the season, maybe with Aiden. Um, he's going to get coached up really well. And I do think <clears throat> Jimmy G's going to step back in like he did for the 49ers, save the day and, and push things along. So, I like the Raiders at number three. And then, like I said, back at four, I looked it up. And Nathaniel Hackett was the former head Nathaniel coach. Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett. Shout out to Google. Um, but Nathaniel Hackett, uh, he's now at the Jets. So he's the quarterback whisperer for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think he was a big reason why Aaron Rodgers went there outside of, I'm sure, Sauce Gardner and him him uh, advocating for him. But um, Sean Payton, you think, think about Sean Payton, you think about Drew Brees, and Russell Wilson, I, I think Russell Wilson's going to have the probably the I think I mentioned it, but the comeback player of the year type of mentality um, where he's going to be clicking on all cylinders. Jake, I think we talked about some of the people that they picked up. You mentioned Marvin Mims, right? Running a four, three, eight. Like, come on, fam. Coming out of Oklahoma, uh, winning 55 percent of his passes of his contested catches. So that's that's a great target for him right now. I hope I hope uh, Russell Wilson is in the gym with him right now as we speak, right? Throwing him passes, getting him ready to go. Sierra's doing the one-two step on, you know, on the sidelines and they're, they're getting it going. Um, and then Drew Sanders, Jake, we talked about his, his ability. I think he was at Alabama at first and then transferred um, home run type of linebacker. Uh, he's able to blitz the quarterback, able to intercept the football. And I, I have a feeling he's going to be a, a, on a, on the, uh, 
a pro bowl at the pro on a pro bowl team at some point jake whether it be you know the next three years or so but i think he's one of those linebackers that we need to keep our our eye out for and then riley moss he's he's stepping into an elite defensive back group jake i mean patrick sartain uh damar mathis he's gonna get coached up really fast i mean chris harris was on their podcast and he talked about how he had he had hall of famers jake that he was playing with that really brian dawkins and and, and really showing him the way so i think I think Riley Moss is going to get some of that similar treatment with Pat- Patrick Sartain being back there. So the Broncos, you know, how many wins that they're going to get this year, Jake, like you said, we're not going to talk about it, but just from these past couple of years, it hasn't been good. It hasn't been good. They only been winning about five games in the past couple of years, seven in 2021, thankfully, but only five to seven wins. So that's why I have them where they are, but who knows? They might turn a new leaf. We'll see. No, I'm I'm with you. I think the the one that'll be interesting and and we'll probably we'll talk about a little bit more is that secondary uh, for the Broncos because you know Damari Mathis he struggled at the beginning of last year, but I think it's the way he ended last year. You saw he's playing with some urgency and some confidence. I mean, he was a fourth round pick playing as a rookie and, and asked to you know take a significant role, and now you know you look at him. And he's going to be there. Kawan Williams, you know, you have Pat Sertain, obviously. And so what happens after that? You have Riley Moss. And, and, you know, I think what is being overlooked here is that I think Riley Moss does have a shot to win that job over Damari Mathis. I'm not saying he will. I, I would take Mathis because he was in the he was in the locker room last year in the NFL. Like he's already, you know, been on the field. But you draft a corner in the third round, like that corner has a chance to play, you know, day one. And and I think that's the thing. Like typically the cutoff is rounds one through three are guys that can start. And anything after that is kind of not miraculous, but it's, it's uncommon. Like the, the Jordan Fuller starting for the Rams, his rookie year as a sixth rounder, you just don't typically see it. Chris Carson, seventh rounder with Seattle Seahawks. Like, you don't typically see that. That's not like a common thing. That's not like the way it is. Sometimes guys just yeah. show out. Um, so basically what or I'm saying injury. is or yeah. an injury too. You're an injury or, away or from an injury. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, you know, I think playing off of Pat Sertain is going to be a lot easier. Um, yeah. But I think it, it's still, you know, that that secondary could be a little tested. And I, I'm really curious to see what kind of role Drew Sanders has. You know, I think looking at, you know, Josie Jewell and, um, you know, you have Alex Singleton, you know, over from, you know, Philly, and he's a really good linebacker that doesn't get enough credit. Um, Drew Sanders, I think, can start day one if they need him to. He shouldn't have been a third rounder. I don't know why he was. Um, Randy Gregory, I think people forget, you know, comes in late last year. You know, was able to really. I mean, he made an impact. He was the only one that was really able to put pressure on the quarterback. He's a baller, um, you know. And then Baron Browning, who, man, it's weird. I love Baron Browning as an off-ball linebacker, and I feel like they just love his pass rush ability so much that they're they're going to keep him there. But man, I don't know what to make of him because I, I feel like I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like he's more of an off-ball linebacker. But it's almost like what they've done and what they've drafted he doesn't even make sense to play there because they already have too many guys there. So it's kind of like, yeah, he's our, he's our pass rusher. And I think it's also why, you know, they go out and they get Nick Benito last year. Right. So they have him, they have Browning. Um, and then of course they, they signed Frank Clark, 
And, yes, sir. you know, I think that's another thing. I mean, he has the familiarity playing against this, you know, this division twice a year, you know, from his time with the Chiefs. But it, it will be interesting. I think when you look at the Raiders, my biggest concern, um, and I'm not saying I'm like super concerned with the Broncos secondary, but my biggest concern on the Raiders side after the quarterback is the offensive line. Mm. I mean, I, I look at that offensive line and I'm like, all right. Like Colton Miller, like I like Colton Miller, right? But aside from Parham and Colton Miller, what do you have on that offensive line that makes you go, yes, like we we feel good about this. We feel strong. We're going to be able to protect Jimmy Garoppolo, who is, you know, always getting hurt. Um, Like, I don't I don't feel good about this. Andre James at center. You got Alex Bars. You know, I'm not saying they're bad players. Jermaine Illuminor. Like, I'm not saying any of them are bad, but you don't have anybody where I'm like, yup, I don't have to worry about that. The only yeah. one you do is Colton Miller and Parham mm-hmm. to a degree. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders, and one thing, Jake, I will say, I think I mentioned about Aiden O'Connell, but that offensive line is going to get way better in practice because the guys that they're going to be lined up against, right? And even going back to the Broncos, we talked about <clears throat> some of their issues on the offensive line. Well, I think just with the new regime that's going to be in place, I think people have a, a different sense of urgency. Um, and then going flipping back to the Raiders offensive line, they know they might have to start with their rookie quarterback. And we've seen it with the 49ers of, as of last year. If you don't have an active quarterback that's going to be in the game, you you might as well just throw the seat, not throw the season behind you, not, never give up, but it's, it's like that. And so I think just the message for this, these offensive linemen Hey, we have to tighten up. We have to tighten up. We have to protect this rookie quarterback. We know he doesn't take pressure really well. So in practice, let's make sure that we are sharpening our toolkit because if not, the Raiders could be at number four and the Broncos, like you said, could be at number three. So it, it's 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 a give and take. And I actually I want to go back to the Broncos a little bit, the defensive line. You mentioned it, Frank Clark. I think we talk about the defensive line being a compliment to the defensive backs. And, and, and our, and our guy, Chris was here the other day. He was talking about uh, Von Miller when he was at the Broncos. Right. And it was like, he told Von to shut down that defensive line or a certain side of, of the field. So, so Chris can, he could be successful on the back end. So I think Randy Gregory, Frank Clark, Frank on the, on the edge, I think that's going to cause some problems. And I do think the defensive backs for the Broncos are going to benefit from that. I think the ball's going to be thrown up in the air a lot more. And even going to like the, the kind of like the uh, revenge game, right? Uh, the Broncos versus the Chiefs. You think about how Bobby Wagner tore up the Seattle Seahawks when the Rams played the Seahawks last year. So I think we're kind of we're going to see that a bit uh, with Frank Clark. And I think the Chief, I think the Broncos are going to have some fire underneath them when they do play the Chiefs um, twice this year. So we'll see, Jake. It's it's going to be it's an interesting group and. Yeah, man, we're just going to have to see where the chips fall. But I, like I said, I got the Broncos still still last in the division, unfortunately. And then I got the Raiders at, at number three because I think I think Aiden O'Connell is going to be that guy. And, and their, their running back room is excellent. Um, the defensive line is excellent. So I think they're going to find some find some ways to win, win football games. Yeah. Um, you know, I think those two are kind of just battling for third and fourth. <laughs> You know, um, as blunt as that sounds, I mean, I think for the future, there are some things to like about Denver's defense a lot. They have some fun guys in the receiving room. Obviously, Russell Wilson's not really a future guy. He's just kind of the here and now. 
for the future, I think with the Raiders, you know, you get excited about guys like, you know, Jacoby Myers, who you just signed for, you know, at 26, who I think is underrated. You get excited about Zemir White, the running back, the fourth round running back out of Georgia that I don't think it's talked about enough. I think he's going to be the backup behind Josh Jacobs. Not like it makes any difference. They're going to have him run 400 times, but um, if last year was any indication, but then I think, you know, you get excited about guys like Trayvon Merrick, you know, and they went out and they signed David Long Jr., who hopefully can help out their secondary a little bit. And Divine Diablo, who is, you know, he has a great name. But aside from the great name, you know, he's somebody that went from safety and transferred to linebacker. So, you know, the hope is that he can continue to that transition, get better, um, you know. And obviously, you know, you go out and get Tyree Wilson. And Max Crosby is one of the best pass rushers. So, there's some stuff here as well as Aiden O'Connell and, you know, potentially if he can develop as well as, you know, Mayer. But as of right now, going into 2023, I feel very confident saying those are the two bottom tier teams. And I think anybody would really agree at this point, um, just the way it is. But with the Chargers, who we both had two and the Chiefs, we both had one. We'll start with the Chargers. The offensive line still doesn't. We kind of you talk about the offensive line with the Raiders. The offensive line doesn't feel great. Um, Zion Johnson, you know, you go and you spend a first rounder on last year. And then you spend a first runner in Rayshon Slater, who looks like the real deal. I mean, the question is, is he already the best or one of the best tackles to ever wear 70? <laughs> I mean, we're, right. well, that's a legitimate question. I mean, he is phenomenal. I think his issue is staying healthy. Corey Lindsley in, in the interior uh, at center. Great signing. Then you have guys like, you know, Sawyer, a sixth round pick last year. In an ideal world, is he is he your starter? He's not horrible, but like, is he your starter? Trey Pipkins, you couldn't have like upgraded there. I don't know. My thought process is that this offensive line could have been upgraded a little bit. I think that they were also in a weird place where they didn't know what was going on with Austin Eckler, and we talked about that. Like, mm-hmm. what's the deal? Well, now we know he's going to be here for a year. They go out and they get Quentin Johnston in the draft, kind of. I think it's going to replace Mike Williams because mm. I, I know he's there right now, but I don't know why you would have two of like the same guy. You know, I think Mike Williams eventually, whether it's injuries or, you know, they'll just end up moving on from him. Um, makes sense That'd to have brutal. him. Yeah. Darius Davis. Uh, I, like, I like Mike will, but yeah, Darius. Darius speedster. Davis is a guy that you mentioned, you know, he, he at TCU, uh, Josh Palmer. I think we kind of all forget a guy. We all forget hundred percent. No one remembers this guy, Jalen Guyton, but yeah. Guyton is that field stretcher. He's the guy where's Guyton. Oh, he's already downfield 40 yards like that. I mean, that that's him. So I don't know. When I look at the chargers, Herbert's got plenty of weapons. Herbert could have a little yeah. bit better offensive line. Dude needs to not break his ribs this year. They need to take care of him. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And when I look at the defense, yeah. I'm like, man, there's not really many holes. I mean, we could get picky, right? But 
at the end of the day, there's not really a ton of holes. They go out and they add Eric Kendricks. I'm very excited about that. You know, that that's a great move. Eric Kendricks is just a model of consistency. Guys always atop the list with linebackers, um, always plays at a high level. You know, you look at guys like Sebastian Joseph day. So they have the flashy Khalil, uh, max of the world, but then they have Morgan Fox, Sebastian Joseph day, you know, Alohi Gilman, who's underrated JT Woods, who they got last year, guys that are like, they don't get talked about. Jasir Taylor is going to take on a bigger role. I'm excited about, you know, for him. Um, I had the, you know, opportunity to interview him uh, before he, you know, went into the NFL. So, you know, I, I like his game, but I think the chargers, it's always been, they have it on paper, Cam. They, they do. They have to put together on the field. I mean, you know, we could talk about they could use this, they could use that, but at the end of the day, like Gerald Everett's the tight end. Like you could say, Oh yeah, it'd be nice to have Travis Kelsey. Well, you don't. And Gerald Everett's okay. <laughs> Gerald Everett's okay when you have Keenan Allen, Mike Will, and Quentin Johnston, right? And you have Austin Eckler, who is one of the best pass catching running backs in the league. So, Cam, I'll say this right now. Like the Chargers, they they look good. I mean, they look good. I, I'm not <clears throat> like I said, we can get picky all we want, but at the end of the day, and we're right now we're just looking on paper because we don't really know what to make of 2023. This team could shoot out and be the number one team. I mean, we don't know, but this yeah. team looks good and they need to put it together on the field. Yeah, no, I agree. You talk about looking good on paper. The draft looked great. I think we gave them like an A minus or something like that for their draft. So that was excellent. And you think about the track record the past three years, talking about games one and games lost. I mean, they've been about 10 and seven the past two years in 2020, 2021, they were, um, sorry, 2021, they were, yeah, seven and 10. So they turned things around a little bit this past year, got, got to 10 and seven. Um, this upcoming year, I can see them kind of getting to that 10 and seven range, or maybe even, you know, uh, 11 and six, right. Kind of bumping it up a bit. Um, Cause the Kansas city chiefs, they won 14, 14, they went 14 and three. So of course they went to the playoffs and made it happen. But, the Chargers, I think they have a chance, Jake, like you mentioned, to kind of run the table up a little bit. Kansas City, Eric Bieniemy's gone. How does the offense change? What does that look like? So the Chargers could have a chance to step in there. And you think about the Chargers, you talk about their draft. Um, keeping Herbert healthy is very important. They have to make sure they sign him, too, as well, uh, get him locked in there. But they, Max Duggan, right, from TCU, I think came, went to the championship, right, and Having him as a backup, I look look at I, I want to say I look at him almost as like an Aiden O'Connell as well because I think Aiden O'Connell is going to probably step in right away and make it happen. But if Herbert does go down with another rib, he has a guy um, like that, like Max Duggan, to step in with that red hair. Jake can step in and throw some touchdowns and <laughs> you know and be be the energy captain for his team. I think that's really important. And also, you go back to the draft as well. They also drafted two other guys from TCU. So think about how they're going to be running up, Jake, against the, the first-team defense. I'm sure Max Duggan is going to give those guys fits with his guys, um, you know, to have some people that can stretch the football field uh, and run down, like you mentioned, um, like Quentin Johnson um, and Darius Davis. My man ran a 4-3, Jake. Jake, like, come on, fam. Like, running those crossing rounds against the, against the number one defense, like, 
good luck, Eric Kendrick, trying to trying to guard that. But <laughs> I think you know they did a good job in the draft that the Chargers did in getting some guys that are familiar with each other. And then I don't want to forget about on the defense side, uh, defensive side, uh, Tuli Tuli Pelotti from USC. He was one of my guys, Jake. He, he when it comes to sacks, he was leading the Pac-12 in sacks. Um, we we cannot ignore him. And I know he can he can get a little bit bigger to play that three technique if he needs to alongside uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan and Morgan Fox. So their defensive line is looking super dangerous, my guy. Bosa stays healthy. Max stays healthy. I think that defensive back room is going to be really happy, and I think the offense is going to be happy because they're going to get the ball more often. So you talk about weapons. You talk about having an arsenal. I think Herbert is well-equipped there. I think Max Duggan running the second-team offense is going to be well-equipped there. So I, I, I like it, Jake. You talk about the Chargers giving the Chiefs a run for their money. I, I, I like that concept. I like that thought process. Um, and then, yeah, you talked about just going back to the defensive side, um, Eric Kendricks. I mean, you, you can't – we can't <clears throat> overlook that. We talked about our top ten linebackers. He was – I think he was in my in my honorable mentions, but he's someone that's been on the top 100 NFL player list the past couple of years. So they've really bolstered their their team with that. Um, so, hey, man. Uh, and I know Drew Tranquil left and went to the Chiefs, right? So they got Eric Kendrick. So they, they're filling those holes. Like you said, there's not many holes on that team. I know the Rams are in L.A., the, the Chargers are in L.A. Who's going to be the king of L.A.? The Chargers are looking mighty fine here, Jake, so we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah, no, I, I hear you there. Um, you know, I think really what it comes down to is that when you look at the Chiefs, and I totally, I'm not even going to lie, I got a spider crawling right here, like right <laughs> on my freaking mic stand. Oh, wow. Oh, oh you see the Spider-Man costume in the back. They think you're Spider-Man, buddy. Do, do you see that? <laughs> No, I don't. Is it? It's. I don't. It is massive. Um. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. you go ahead and wipe, wipe it, wipe it away, brother. Wipe it away. We don't want you to turn to Spider Man uh, on live TV. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not about that. I'm not about that. Uh, I don't even have anything to like crawl on that. Yeah, you got the Spider Man costume right there behind you. So, can you show us, Jake? Because I can't really see it. Oh, yeah, that's a healthy sized spider there, huh? Yeah, it's bigger than it looks. <laughs> all right, all right. Jake, did not turn, Jake did not turn into spider-man it's all good <laughs> we're we're all good man oh man i tried to keep my composure and i was like i'm not gonna be able to do this um <laughs> and and that'll come back to to try to kill me so uh all right all right let, let, <laughs> chiefs chiefs so anyway it's i mean biggest irrational fear i have is spiders so to be fair oh so. I, I didn't know that my buddy doesn't like spiders he likes snakes ba- like he went walking uh, quick story jake why you kind of get yeah he went walking in atlanta like climbing with his with his lady and he was like okay pictures of snakes like oh black snake whatever but then like he was walking down this path and saw like like a bear statue like it was a kind of sitting real still like, oh like they're being silly it's the statue of a bear but then the bear actually moved and kind of ran away so uh. He was like, I was shook, but like he's more shook when it comes to spiders. If a spider comes in the room, he's jumping, he's screaming. Uh, but bears and snakes are, aren't really a thing for him. But I'm glad you got the spider out of there, my man. Yeah, no, that was, I don't know. I was playing some Hogwarts Legacy the other night, streaming that, and just the spider mission with the, the legs. And no, 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 I can't do that. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I can do is talk about football. That, that's, that's, you know, I okay, I'm good at that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dealing with spiders, not so much. Kansas City Chiefs. All right. 
this is not a roster. I saw a, an interesting little uh, article that came up on Google um, doing my regular research, and it was that the Broncos have a better roster than the Kansas City Chiefs. Better looking roster. Mm. Now, I don't know if I agree with that, but I, what I will say is that I get the premise. The Chiefs roster on paper doesn't blow you away. It does not look like a super team, does not look like a dream team or anything like that because most of these guys aren't household names. But when you look, Trent McDuffie, stud, Legereus Sneed, Justin Reed, Brian Cook was an absolute monster in college. His second rounder last year, he might not have had the best year in his rookie year. He'll be back. Jalen Watson, the seventh rounder that started in the Super Bowl, stud. Nick Bolton is becoming quickly one of the scariest linebackers in the NFL. Yeah. Willie Gay, another stud. Charles Amenahue, stud. Chris Jones, one of the best, if not the best at his position once Donald leaves, right? Yeah. You know, Derek Nottie, George Karloftis, they go out, they get uh, Felix Sanudike Uzama, they draft Tremari Connor for the back end of the secondary. You know, then you look at their offense and the guy Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round, absolute stud. Going to be a top 10 running back at the end of this year probably yeah. Jarek mckinnon can't forget what he did as a pass catcher out of the backfield last year yeah generic prince i'm hearing good things about this guy out of camp tulsa you know mm-hmm. just uh yeah I, I i don't know man uh patrick mahomes i think at the end of the day the thing that makes the chiefs so dangerous aside from the obvious patrick mahomes that offensive line i mean Donovan Smith, I'm a little iffy on, and we've talked about that. <laughs> yeah. But you got Jawan Taylor, Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney. Those three guys in the interior cam makes it so easy to run in between the tackles, in between mm-hmm. the guards, up the middle. It's like, I don't care who you have in your running back room, but now you're telling me you got Isaiah Pacheco, who we know can play, and then you go out, and like again, like the receivers, do the receivers strike fear in you? There's no Tyree kill on that. I mean, am I scared of Marquez Valdez Scantling? Sure. If he catches the ball, sure. Four, two speed or whatever, like crazy thing he runs. Great. Mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony's never healthy, but he's explosive. If he stays Very. healthy, he has the potential to be awesome. And yeah. then sky Moore, I'm not as high on, but he played well when needed. And he, you know, had a touchdown in the super bowl. That Jersey number is that 24. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, Travis Kelsey go with the offensive line, Patrick Mahomes, the one guy, and I'm going to, we're going to go right into the sleepers here. Okay. Rashi rice, mm-hmm. because he's the best receiver in that room today. Yeah. Already, already that guy is going to be a problem. He is going to be a problem. I don't care what anyone says when they got him. I'm not a huge fan of his, like going into this draft. Like I, I, I had a pretty decent grade on him, but it's not like I had him in my top five or top three of wide receivers. I, I'm not like against him, you know, but when I saw they, they, they go out and they get him that six foot two, 200 pound body, you know, and the way he uses his body to to basically pluck balls out of the air and and you know to catch it at his highest point and everything. I just like watching him like SMU like big number four is going to go and get it. And Patrick yeah. Mahomes doesn't have to be pinpoint accurate, but he will be pinpoint accurate. But mm-hmm. he could be a generally accurate quarterback. And when you have that 
that type of, you know, that that catch radius that Rashi Rice has, like, you don't have to be pinpoint. And that's the thing, like, Patrick Mahomes is going to make his life easy. And so I just think that for whatever reason, and maybe because he wasn't like, you know, a first round pick, but I don't think he's getting talked about enough. Like I'm not seeing him everywhere. I should be seeing him all over like Twitter. Everyone should be taught. This guy's going to win rookie of the year. This guy's going to be better than Garrett Wilson. I'm not seeing any of that cam. I'm not. And so I think he is my sleeper for the chiefs. Okay. Full stop. I like it. I mean, it's going to be on on Nagy to make sure that, you know, you draw some plays up for him. And you also mentioned Rasheed Rice. He's not getting love now, but Jake, trust me, when that season kicks off, he's going to be everywhere, right? You got Patrick Mahomes throwing to you. So at the end of the day, he's going to be the one scoring the touchdowns if Travis Kelsey is not. Um, and he's going to get the shine there. So, I mean, my man ran a 4-5. Jake had a 41-inch vert. So, like, that's that's that going to impress him. And, too, some other, you know, notes on him is – he of course graded the graded the deep ball, but then he's great in the screen game as well. And you think about Patrick Mahomes, he they they love that screen game. So if he's breaking tackles and and pushing the ball forward in the screen game, and you think about the other weapons that the that the Chiefs have, like that that makes them that much more dangerous. And then one other person, Jake, I think we didn't mention that the Chiefs do have, and we talk about the roster, right? Not looking better than the Broncos, blah blah blah. But they got Andy Reid, my man. Like you got a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, at the helm and at the end of the day it starts at the top and so you got him at the top Patrick Mahomes following you're going to win some football games I am a little bit worried about Eric Bieniemy not being there but like I said Nagy he he kind of has that that lockdown but um they're still going to be dangerous I think I still think they're going to win uh, multiple games they're going to be in the playoffs and we're going to see them probably at the big dance again so um you know Frank Clark leaving that's going to that's going to be a blow on the defensive side um because people don't really realize when it comes to defensive ends and the impact that they have on a football game. So Frank Clark, he's definitely going to be missed. I think that that can't be overlooked. He's going to the Broncos, and I do think he's going to have a revenge game soon. But talk about Felix uh, and Yudike Azama. He, I think he was one of your guys, Jake, right? Just the F-A-U. way he rushes the, FAU, the way he rushes the passer, it's it's unbelievable, and, and they see that in him. Um, like you said, you talk about like this team not being sexy, and that's okay. Because I think about the Patriots when they beat the Rams back in the Super Bowl. That wide receiver room wasn't – they had Edelman maybe, you know, and some other guys, but, like, it wasn't too crazy, but they still were able to put things together because at the top they had the proper recipe. So um, you talk about some of the sleepers, Jake, and I I mentioned these are the glue guys, right? These are the people – you think about sometimes, you think about in a corporation, Jake, the CEO, he the CEO, he or she says yes or no and, like, kind of approves things and, like, it goes goes about their day, but it's the people that are under the CEO, the people that get the most shine that are actually doing the grunt work. And, you know, my my person for the Chiefs that I think who does the grunt work, who doesn't really get that much shine, but um, he he shows up and shows out. Justin Watson um, coming out of Harvard, Jake, I play with him at the Buccaneers. I know his work ethic. I know what he brings to the table. Um, there's just one play that that comes to my mind when I think about Justin being on the Chiefs and. It was a punt return. He called fair catch, but when he called fair catch, he realized that the crowd was kind of quiet. He's like, "Yo, like, you know, give me, give me hype a little bit." And 
just to see his growth, Jake, because he's a super quiet guy, Justin Watson. He's kind of chill, but to see his personality evolve through the screen has been really cool. And he's going to be a sleeper, Jake. He's a person that, oh, this this guy playing wide receiver, he can't really do much, but he'll he'll find his way behind some defensive backs really quickly. And you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes who's going to throw him the rock. So I think that's that that has to that says a lot. So Justin Watson, special teamer, offensive guy someone that you need in the locker room to move things forward. You're seeing a lot of stuff going on right now, Jake, with this gambling stuff for the NFL and glue guys like this, like Justin Watson are going to be like, yo, ain't no way I'm betting in the locker room, right? He's going to do the right thing often. And guys like this are what make teams go. And, I, and my other sleepers are similar to Justin Watson. And they're going to always do the right thing and push the team in the proper direction. So Justin Watson, I got him as my sleeper. I like it. I like it. He, I had a chance to interview him at the senior bowl at a U Penn. I mean, yeah. come on. The guy had to really, he had to work his tail off to, to get noticed. Yeah. And I mean, the fact he was at the senior bowl out of U Penn is definitely, uh, it's definitely something. Um, looking at the, the charters, I already mentioned him, but I'm going to bring him up again. Just here. Taylor. He is my, uh, you know, my sleeper here. And the reason being sixth rounder last year, didn't really get a lot of burn. I mean, he's really like a special teamer. He, by all accounts, every report I've read, he is winning that nickel job. He is going to start at nickel corner for the Chargers. Now, Michael Davis, right? Asante Samuel, those guys are locked in. JC Jackson is still not healthy. That's the word. So since JC Jackson is still not healthy after a season-ending injury last year, and they're probably going to take it easy on him because they gave him a lot of money. They can't just, you know, if they lose another, you know, lose him for another season, it's going to be brutal. Um, I think Jasir Taylor is somebody to look out for. You know, I think when you, you see the speed, you see he's just really, really intelligent. Like he knows where to be on the field. You know, he, he knows how to read leverage, things like that. And he knows coverages and, you know, just like listening to like his coaches talk about him. He's like that kid doesn't talk a lot, but man, is he a heady guy? Like he just, he knows what he's doing. And so, you know, I think that's an easy sleeper for me because it's hard to give a sleeper for the chargers. Like everybody knows about every single, you know, but I mean, without going with the obvious, you know, one that I think a lot of people will choose and I'm not going to say it in case you hit it. <laughs> I had to go with Jasir Taylor. Jasir Taylor, we talked about it before, Jake, just J.C. Jackson being down. <clears throat> you're an injury away from being that guy. And also Chris Taylor told us about it. But if you, if the, the big money man goes down and you're the backup, let's say you're undrafted, you have to know everything. You have to be heady. You have to know what's going to happen before it happens. So just to hear you say that, that's really cool because – Chris Chris uh, Harris uh, confirmed it last week. Like you got to know um, what the the route concept is concepts and what's going on before they happen. And he's going to get great practice, Jake. Right? He's going to get his 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 sword sharpened um, going against guys like Mike Will and in that it's explosive you know wide receiver room. He's going to get picked apart. <laughs> Herbert's going to pick him apart. He's going to he's going to have his day in practice. But someone, Jake, that I I want to call out for for my sleeper. And I, I know they just drafted Tui to a Peloto. Um, so it might change things for him. That might affect, you know, his playing time. But Sebastian, Sebastian Joseph Day, he's one of my favorites. I know um, people do know who he is, right? He has his own podcast, his own show. Um, he's out in the media. He's doing his thing. But he's someone, Jake, that I think just 
just people do overlook, right? He's on that crazy defensive line with Bosa, Mack, and whatnot. And so guys like him and Morgan Fox, they have to find a way um, to carve a lane, right? To carve a lane and and show that I do belong. And Sebastian Joseph Day, he's been doing it since he's with the Rams, um, coming out of Rutgers um, in 2018. So he's someone that uh, he's one of my favorites. Like I said, I, I've done some broadcast boot camps with him and, uh, you know, on the field, he's, he's found success. Off the field, he's found success. And that's someone I'm constantly rooting for. So keep an eye on Sebastian Joseph Day. I know last year he had, uh, what, two sacks, um, 37 tackles. So I think he's getting better and better as he as he progresses um, in his career. So I think just this upcoming year, he's going to be the sleeper. He's going to be the guy. So Sebastian Joseph Day is my guy for the Chargers. I like it. That was not who I, I said was the obvious. The obvious one's Morgan Fox. Like he oh, just you know, screams sleeper, right? Yeah. Uh, Broncos. I'm going to say Demari Mathis, right? We we talked about that at the beginning, you know, struggled to start the season. It's it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. And he really finished go. his rookie season, his rookie campaign on, on a high note. Um, while I still believe that Riley Moss has a shot to win that job. I think that when you look at Damari Mathis, I, I think he's a sleeper here because I think he can really transcend that talent to another level. And I mean, if he builds off that end of 20, you know, 22, I mean, look out. I mean, he's going to be a problem. And if he's a problem, it's only going to make everyone around him better. And Pat Sertain already makes everyone around him better. So it's like you have that. It's like a double bonus. It's like we're playing a card game and I just used a trap card on you. And, you know, you're you're taking two away and now I'm getting two uh, in return because basically having a guy like Damari Mathis, if he can you know get to that next level, he his impact is going to make everyone better. But also Sertain is already making everyone better. So it's just it's a double whammy that you love to see. But, yeah, I just feel like he definitely deserves some more credit. Um, because I went back and I watched some film and like I said, the, the beginning of the year was not good. Like guy, <laughs> his biggest issue when you watch the tape, he's grabby. Okay. He's going to get pass interference calls. I'd like to see him be a little bit more, uh, you know, feel a little bit more confident about his own abilities. Like don't, don't reach man. Like you're in a good position. There's too many times where he was in a good position. He got flagged four times and a half for pass interference. He's got to be better with that. Keep in mind that happened at earlier in the year and he was better, but he needs to keep what well, we saw at the end of that year. We need to see moving forward. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, what comes with that is preseason training camp, right? Like how, how well was he sharpening his toolkit? What did that look like? Was he kind of chilling a little bit until the season started? Then like, all right, I'm going to turn it on here. And it is also tough, Jake, when you're losing many games, you got high expectations and things aren't going your way. First time head coach Nathaniel Hackett. So, you know, there's a and Patrick Sertain, right? Talk about his gameplay. It kind of it wasn't as the best, right, compared to his previous years, probably because of the situation and the environment that they were in. So, you know, we'll see how things change and it starts at the top. And one person I want to bring up here, Jake, one of my sleepers, and we talk about the, the unsung heroes. And Chris Manhurts is is my unsung hero, is my sleeper for the Broncos, someone that has went from you know the 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 Carolina Panthers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now the Broncos. Um, you know, he's someone who played basketball, Jake, coming out of college. My man was playing basketball, Canisius, in New York, and then found his way on the NFL roster with the Panthers. And whenever I had a chance to go play a play against him, he was always on the goal line, in line blocker. He's someone that always does the right thing. I've I've had the pleasure to 
get to know Chris and his his wife and my my fiance. They're good friends. They're you know wedding and all that. Um, Chris is a smart guy. We talk about Hetty. He doesn't really talk a lot. He's not extroverted. Um, he's more introverted, but he he's he knows what he's doing. Jay, he knows what the next person is doing. And anytime, and this is the message that I want to send to people is when you know your shit, you're gonna be your that, that means trust. People trust you. That means they trust you, trust that you're gonna carry that Bronco brand or whatever brand it is to the next level. And Chris only had about has about 24 receptions, Jake, in his career. So you think about tight end, catch the football, catch the football. But no, he's great at blocking, great at special teams, and he is a sleeper. He's a glue guy. He's someone that you want in your locker room. Jake, you're not going to find him sports betting, right? We, we, we've heard about this. Like Calvin Ridley, like he's went through that, and guys are still getting busted for it now. But he's not going to be on those lists. He's going to be someone, I think, too, Jake, when he's retired from playing, you're going to see him in the front office. You're going to see him like that Troy Vincent role where they're making the game better and pushing the game forward. So got a lot of respect for that guy. Chris Manhurt, shout out. Sleeper. I like it. And then uh, now we got the Raiders to wrap this thing up. I got Jacoby Myers. I talked about him. You can tell I was kind of leaning in that direction. I mean, hell, when you have a, a player at the level of Devontae Adams coming out and saying, man, this guy wasn't getting enough credit in New England. Like he should have gotten the ball more. I agree with him. I was sitting there like I saw him at the senior bowl and I was like, man, we're not talking about this guy enough. And then sure enough, getting to see him with the Patriots just each year, like, you know, getting up to 700 yards in the second year and then hitting 800 and back-to-back seasons. And, oh, well, you know, the season prior, he wasn't able to find the end zone really. He only had two touchdowns this year. He has more. It's like now he's in a better situation. I I think he's going to have a really good year, uh, you know, with the Raiders. And, and I just think when you, you look at a guy, he's kind of the total package of just, you know, he d- does it all. He's not going to be a superstar, but if he's somebody that could – you know, have 1200 yards receiving and just, you know, not get talked about that. He'd sign up for that. You know, he's kind of just, he knows what he is. Um, He is more known as sad as it is, as good of a player as he is. He's more known for the, uh, (laughs) the, (laughs) the lateral back to the Raiders. And now obviously the jokes were going to ensue when he threw away the, the Patriots game to the Raiders and then he goes and sides with the Raiders. I don't know. I think the Raiders fans love him. Like yeah, right yeah. out the gate, they're like, "Oh yeah, th- th- sign him up." But uh, but he no, wants it, us to win. <laughs> in all honesty, though, I always liked his game. Good route yeah. runner, good hands catcher. Doesn't bring it into the body. Does the little things. Blocks well. Right. Um, you just don't hear about him. You know the whole receivers or divas thing. I you don't hear anything from Jacoby Myers. So. I don't know. I'm excited about him out of NC state. I mean, you know, I, I think, uh, I, you know, 26, he got his contract and I think he's going to ball out. And I think it's going to make Devonte Adams job a little bit easier. I think it's going to bring Hunter Renfro a little bit back into the forefront. He had a little bit of a down year. Um, and I think it'll be good for the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, and also too, one person that, that I didn't talk about when it came to the Raiders, uh, Michael Meyer, they're tied in, right? So you got different weapons um, that that the quarterback can throw to. And we talk about a quarterback. Um, for me, my sleeper is the quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. I think <clears throat> I know people are expecting him to step into that role. And what's going to happen with Jimmy G? Like, I think he's him. I think he's him. I have a good feeling that Aiden O'Connell is going to really blossom and figure it out. Um, you know, we talk about the Jared Goff comp comparison. Jared Goff went number one overall. So the fact that he's in the same breath, 
uh, as him, as Jared Goff, I think that says a lot. You think about, too, when we get to the Lions, the sleeper might be Jared Goff for me. I mean, I know he was a former first-round pick, but he kind of had a fall from grace, I would say, after, you know, hitting, hitting the Super Bowl with the Rams and getting totally crushed. And I would say folding on the pressure, Jake. I watched that game, and Jared Goff, he he got he got his bell rung a bit, and I think he, the, the lights were kind of big. But he stepped, he turned things around when he went to the Lions. So I hope hopefully Aiden O'Connell – has a line to a guy like Jared Goff, like, hey, how, how did you do it, right? How do you get this done? Thankfully, he has Brian Horror in that locker room, so he doesn't have to call too far. Um, we talk about the Patriot way. We talk about, um, you know, Myers coming from coming from the Patriots. Well, Horror was there too, and so they're going to have that connection, which is great, and then they're going to be able to pass that down to Aiden O'Connell and say, hey, you know, this is how we did it there. Um, this is, these are some of the routes that he likes, so try this out. And so – I think Aiden O'Connell, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I mean, he has to. Playing for the Raiders, Jake, he has no choice but to ball out because he might get death threats, my man, if he doesn't. So, um, you know, it's I want to say it's a lot of pressure, but, you know, you're playing in front of the black hole in, in the Raiders, and they people don't know they have, you know, some of the more intense fan bases along with the Eagles and, you know, Jets and the Giants. So um, Aiden O'Connell, a big shoes to fill, but I, I have faith in my man. Yeah, I mean, a kid flipped you off, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, little kids did. Well, it was definitely my my family had to wear Dagon Raiders gear when we played against them. So, yeah, that that fan base is is a beast. And being in Las Vegas, you got gambling, you got a lot of other things out there called Sin City. So, um, Aiden O'Connell, buckle up, my man. <laughs> man, that's that is funny. Um, so I think that's gonna do it. We'll we'll wish yeah. a happy birthday to Dan Deerdorf who is a Hall of Famer, a legend, three-time Pro Bowler, or three-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, all-1970s decade team. And, uh, yeah, Hall of Famer, turned 74 today, played his entire career with the St. Louis Cardinals. And, no, not the baseball team. (laughs) Right. Hey, shout-out to Dan. You said 1970s all-decade team. Hey, uh, you know, happy birthday, man. Live it up. (laughs) My man, Dan. My guy played from 1971 to 1983, so yeah, beast, beast, absolute beast. 160 games, and they didn't have they didn't have that many you know recovery techniques back no. then, Jake. So to play that long, uh, they probably had leather helmets back then. So it's pretty daggone impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna do it. This has been episode 29, off the edge. Hope you guys enjoyed this AFC West preview. I think we hit on everything that we wanted to. Uh, I don't know what division we're doing next, but we'll do a division in the AFC next. So uh, that's going to do it. Be sure to like, subscribe, and comment. You can check Cameron Lynch out at Cameron Lynch 50 on Twitter. You can check me out at JK Bogan and check out the show at Off The Edge Show. We'll be back soon. Until next time, you guys take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.